I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for your weekly dose of art and design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh my gosh, that, our intro is literally just so deeply engraved into my head at this point. Well, happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm your host, Lee. And Lauren is not here with us today. It's probably the saddest thing that's ever happened to the podcast. But as always, Lauren lives on in spirit and... Hopefully, I can do her justice um, in her absence and uh, go over a little poetry with y'all today. So, let me turn myself up a little bit. Always technical difficulties with me. Sound check, sound check. Okay, okay. That's better, I think. So, yeah, I think I'm going to run saturation italicized uh solo edition a little bit different and i wanted to read a series of poems i found um the series is called poems from palestine um it was published in the baffler uh of june 1st 2021 um and you can find this online, you can find this uh, series online, and with each poem, there is a beautiful piece of artwork, Um, a lot of them had, I believe, had been found um, in a Palestinian poster project archives, yes, Um, and there, there's some beautiful pieces in there, Uh, I think there's even some printmaking, which is very timely for me. I was literally at the printmaking studio earlier today running some test prints, not successful, but anyways, back to it. Uh, Yeah, so I picked out a couple I liked a lot. I thought I could read one or two of them, um, depending how long they are, and then play a little more music than usual for y'all, and uh, then maybe do some discussion at the end of the show about... uh, what this meant to me, or why I chose this topic, um, I think that's pretty obvious, uh, and anything these poems say in them, just remember they are works of art, and they are the voices of people who otherwise we would not hear, so. For this first poem, this is The Man Who Writes Newspaper Articles While the Trees Disappear and No One Listens, by Dahlia Taha, and translated by Lena Dufaha. For several days, my grandfather cried. In the end, he admitted he was alone, as though he didn't have seven sons who had given him 25 grandchildren. My grandmother at home, a basket of figs between her feet, is daydreaming as she carefully peels and feeds them to my grandfather like he's her child. This now is the shape of their kiss, her fingers on his lips. Around them, everything is a memento of forgetting. No dust in this house. Their flesh covers everything, even the cushions. They've stopped sleeping over 
they've stopped sleeping over at other people's homes. They are residents of their own bodies, and their home is collapsing over them while their flesh grows over their flesh. In the same basket beneath the good fruit, my grandmother finds small hearts that belong to us, her 25 grandchildren scattered across this earth and capable of love. She'll consider them just like she considers all the figs, the ones ripe enough and the ones that won't do for anything other than making jam. The cold jam in the refrigerator is our corpses, and it's all they consume since they lost their teeth. This next poem is titled, My Enemies Defeated Me for Nothing. Um, this is written by Hassan Zoktan and translated by Fadi Judah. My enemies defeated me, led me downhill, executed my horse, and made me watch. My enemies defeated me, sold my mats, rugs, and colored rosaries at the bazaar to merchants and traders in shadows. In the dark, my friends betrayed me. My children saw the hyena laugh outside our window. At the tavern, the wheat seller tricked me, sold my wine that I could tell was spiked when I held my glass to the candlelight. His plump wife kept filling my glass, kept bending behind the barrels. Then her scoundrel husband steadied my wobbling to the room upstairs, and the tax collectors rushed straight to my place, opened the stable gates, let the mule, calves, and bull out, and mixed my flour with salt. The dogs I'd fed from my plate fled, left their barks on thorns and cactus, and in my neighbor's envy, and his two wolfish daughters. For nothing I plowed thirty years, fed strangers who knocked at my door, fed tax collectors, for nothing. I forgave my neighbors their larcenies and snitching. For nothing I carried water to their homes, hay to their mules, wine to their tables, called them by their clumsy family names, and mediated under the branches of their foolish trees. For nothing, I left a lantern down the slope, a covered bowl of milk with the fat on top at my doorstep. And we are back. Thanks for tuning in to Saturation Italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Lee, and we are dearly, dearly missing our beautiful, lovely, co-host Lauren. Her absence is so present. I don't know how to talk to myself in a room alone for an hour, so this has been fun so far. Um, Yeah, I'm also like, I don't know, I feel like my head has just been so bogged down with literally just trying to graduate right now. Um, I know a lot of people are with me in that. Um, I turn in Lauren and I turn in our senior projects on, in eight days, eight, yeah, eight days, uh, so Wednesday of next week, and it's crazy because, like, I have one kind of two other classes than this, I gotta figure out that one class, um, I forgot to mention, but, uh, it's like, once I pass this, once we pass this, it's like, we get to graduate, right, and I don't know, it's just very surreal, um, We've been reading poems from a series called Poems from Palestine, published online in, well, it might be a physical publication as well, I'm not sure, but published by The Baffler. Um, I realized I mentioned at the beginning of the show that 
there's beautiful like artwork from the Palestine Palestine poster project archives um to go beside each poem and I feel terrible for not describing the first two uh images so for the poem the man who writes newspaper articles while the trees disappear and no one listens by Dahlia Taha uh translated by Lena Tafaha uh it is a horizontal image that looks like it has ripped paper texture layers on it and one layer of ripped paper and these uh almost like striped horizontal not horizontal vertical stripes um across the landscape uh there's a bunch of black stripes uh that break up this bright yellow that has a red circle oval what have you um on the center and it's torn apart on what looks like to be ripped paper um it's a very beautiful image. I am very glad I saw this article when I looked up poems from Palestine. Um, it's been a wonderful little dive. Well, it's been a wonderful dive into art from Palestine, which I think is very prevalent right now. Um, obviously more than art. And I feel like at least with this show, with Saturation Italicized, it feels important to show a lot of different artwork, show a lot of different point of views, because poetry connects people, um, obviously from all around the world, but connects different individ- in different individuals in these beautiful ways that it's almost crazy because like, I feel like you can't describe poetry in words Um, which is like super like counterintuitive, right? Because like poetry is made up of words. It's language. It's like the language or it's the art of language, right? But to understand a poem, I feel like is to, you know, read it or have it read to you, but to, to feel it more than anything else. And, uh, feeling the tone of these poems right now, um, and getting a very brief, uh, thought from these artists and these writers um just feels very very special and important so for the second I really just I really just ramble don't I I'm I'm a I'm a rambling girl uh for the second poem my enemies defeated me for nothing it is a it's the image of the it's an image of two figures, um, one yellow figure. You can only see their torso up, and they're, you can tell they're figures, but they're not necessarily anatomically correct. And the yellow figure is almost bound by what looks like these black lines, um, and he's almost consuming this white figure um, with this solemn, sad look on its face. Uh, and you see this like almost heart-shaped element kind of beating out of the white figure. For our third poem, it is called Hand of War. The image connected to it is a uh, the silhouette of a hand, the or- an orange silhouette of a hand with flames almost where the veins would be in front of a uh, striped background of burgundy and black. This is Hand of War by 
Hossam Marouf, translated by Fadi Judah. Um, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these names. So, this is Hand of War. We hold war's hand, not so that it walks among us, but it is death. A bit tardy, we cajole it. We hold war's hand, convinced that this is the last time it waves catastrophe to us. Since the road is a futile wall, and the country is searching for a photograph of collective sorrow. For our fourth poem, we have How I Kill Soldiers by Alam Basharat, translated by Fadi Judah. Um, a note for this poem, oh, well, first I should describe the image. Uh, it's the image of a candlelight with radiating pink and red circles around it as it lights um, what looks to be similar colors to the the Palestinian flag, I think. Um, but it almost looks like a ribbon or a road. So um, a note about this poem is that the translator, Fadi Judah, the translator of the following poem, discusses it in an essay for the Los Angeles Review of Books. So you can read that um, should you happen to go the, to the Baffler online and look up poems from Palestine. Colonial, soldier, colonial soldiers, what have they been doing to my poetry all these years when I could have easily killed them in my poems as they've killed my family outside of poetry. Poetry was my chance to settle the score with killers, but I let them age outdoors, and I want them to know decay in their lives, their faces to wrinkle, their smiles to thin out, and their weapons to hunch over. So if you, dear readers, see a soldier taking a stroll in my poem, trust that I have left him to his fate as I leave a criminal to his many remaining years. They will execute him. And his ears will execute him as he listens to me reciting my poem to grieving families. He won't be able to slink out of my book or the reading hall as the seated audience stares at him. You will not be consoled, soldier. You will not not even as you exit my poetry event with slumped shoulders, soldiers, slumped sh shoulders, and pockets full of dead bullets. Even if your hand, tremulous as it is, from so much murder, fidgeted with the bullets, you will not produce more than a dead sound. I feel like not the person or uh yeah not the person to you know say what these poems mean to me because I don't really think it's about that um and like even like what would I say I have nothing of value really to add to this other than hearing all of these different voices um all of these different poems and all of these different writers I just I think back to uh, our discussion is Poetry Dead um, from a couple of weeks ago. And in that discussion, we talked about how um, I personally, I don't think poetry is dead. I mean, poetry obviously isn't dead. There's so much just wonderful poetry if you just go online and look it up and go to like the Poetry Foundation or something. 
Um, but the broad consensus is that people don't really, you know, like care about poems, you know. Um, and I feel like this is just like one of the like billions of examples, but a very, very like timely example of like why art, all different forms of art matter and how people use their unique voice in different ways um, to one work through emotions like that are very unique and singular to them but have also been felt in unique ways by other people I feel like I don't even know where I started with that sentence anyways I'm just I feel when I read these poems that poetry and why it matters is so self-explanatory but even more I just I don't know what I like should slash could say on air um but even more it hearing what some of these like images are in these poems and like feeling how much emotion was like written into each line and each word and each sentence break or line break and each punctuation mark it's just It's just very poignant, poignant, poignant. Yeah, so I swear, doing this, doing this podcast solo is very weird. How do you, I suggest someone try to have a conversation with themselves for an hour and see how it goes. If I sound crazy, it's because I am. And also, I... just trying to get through finals right now (laughs) um but speaking of finals and graduation and really really wanting that let's listen to please 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 let me get what I want by the smiths don't go anywhere this is saturation italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM all right all right we are back to saturation italicized on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Lee, and we are reading Poems from Palestine, published on The Baffler. You can find these online uh, if you feel so inclined to. Um, We've been going over some of the artwork that is attached to these poems. Um, This is going to be the last segment of poetry as well, so we're going to read three poems. Uh, They're a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, so for this next poem, this is, uh, two poems by Zakiria Muhammad, translated by Lena Tufaha. Um, the image is, it looks like a painting of almost another painting, um, in the painting we see, not the painting in the painting, I guess, uh, there's a green background, green and black background, and you see a painting resting on a table, um, and it's a bright yellow painting with, uh, human figures, uh, dark human figures with orange rays shining on them. So this is two poems. That's the title of it. (laughs) Uh, one, I caught a glimpse of you as I ran, 
I had no time to stop and kiss your hand. The world was chasing me down like I was a thief, and it was impossible for me to stop. If I had stopped, I'd have been killed. But I caught a glimpse of you, your hand a stem of narcissus in a glass of water, your mouth unbuttoned, and your hair a soaring bird of prey. I caught a glimpse of you, but I had no matches with me to light a bonfire and dance around it. The world was failing me, abandoning me, so I didn't even wave at you. One day, the world will settle down, the crazed cable ca channels will stop broadcasting, and those that hound me will disperse so I can return to that road, the one where I caught a glimpse of you. I'll find you in the same chair, your hand a stem of narcissus, your smile a bird of prey, and your heart an apricot blossom. And there, with you, beneath the shade of your apricot, I'll tear down the tent of my orphanhood and build my home. 2. Night is a generous friend. All things loosen their vines over my head. My beloveds are seated around me as if we're at a celebration. My beloveds who have passed. My beloveds who are here and beloveds yet to come. And death is a watchdog chained at the gate. Only the Kamahasin when beats angrily at the door. Kamahasin is a loathsome neighbor. I raise a wall between us. Turn out the lights between us. I am happy, singing like a rod of Ephethra, crying out like a raptor. Do not believe my words. Don't reach out to the vines in the darkness. Night is a pact of horrors. Ten birds sleep in the tree, but one anxiously circles over my house. And as you know, one bird suffices to destroy an entire celebration, one match to burn down a civilization. The meal was cold. I rinsed my mouth out afterwards with the Kama scene and washed my hands with the lichen. If there was any use in weeping, I would have wept before you all, but weeping requires more energy than we possess. So I will sing for you like tender Saba wind. I'll sing in the vernacular of a young basil stem. Night is a stone of amber. Night is a pack of marbles. That was two poems by Zakira Muhammad, translated by Lena Tufaha from the series Poems from Palestine. This next poem is titled Reflection, uh, written by Asma Aziazi, translated by Lena Tufaha. The image attached with it looks like a collage. There is multiple people turned facing an ocean collage together they're sitting in the sand some people play in the ocean the sun and the sky are made up of different blues and pinks and yellows sewn together by collaged rip paper this is reflection yesterday i handed all my poems to my publisher I feel like I handed him my head, and the words I speak from now on will come out of his mouth. What a disaster. Disasters don't show up one at a time. They arrive in legions like a starving horde. A poet said this, then died. For example, half my family died, and after I celebrated the end of that year, my father died. Since then, I've let my poems go. Every night, poets get drunk beneath my window and dictate wise poems to me. I loathe wisdom. I invite them in, slaughter them like fat and sheep, and dine on them. But I still can't get my voice back. I glimpse it through the window, crucified at the top of the mountain. I've become a mere reflection of a tree stripped naked in a puddle on the road. 
Don't step over me. Shade me from a sun that might pass overhead and vaporize my trunk. Maybe I will speak my peace. I'll tell you disasters might die out if you stopped feeding them firewood, but you won't hear me. And the mountain is made of kindling. That was Reflection by Asma Aziza, translated by Lena Tuvaha from the series Poems from Palestine. So for this third poem, uh, this is A Small Eternity by Morid Bargahuti, uh, no translation seems, or no translator, it seems. Um, the image is collaged of what looks kind of similar to construction paper, certain parts of it. Others look like uh, maybe exacto knife cutouts of different images from a magazine or something. Um, but the shapes, the construction shapes, uh, create a composition of what looks like a town um, with a purple and red sun uh, shining over it. Or a city, not a town. This is a small eternity. Alone, soaring, my balcony, a cloud in the sky's gentle hold. I look out on a beach, a paradise where the green, whispering, roaring, has said all it has to say. A green that almost glows with pistachio-colored edges. A green that suckles, crawls, grow, grows into bright apricot, and enters an ornate rust like an overripe pomegranate skin. A grayish green escaping a blend of blue pearly green that leans into copper, a translucent grape green that leans into I don't know what. The forest rests in slopes that touch the lake silence from all sides, and the scents of flowers ascend from the mountain's foot toward me, high as the earthbound birds. The mountains look ancestral, like our grandfathers who typically know their places. The mountains are a pox. And if you look closely, they're the body of time itself. Adorned with boats, the lake's water resembles a granddaughter's dress. Half asleep, she listens Excuse me, to the mountains tell their magical stories as the shy breeze floats through the villages around the water's arc, almost apologetic for the rustle of leaves. And I, with two wings that happened suddenly, soar overlooking this fastness and have become a bird, perhaps, I get to realize what a bird's view is for now. I said this is a morning of tenderness. For those who observe it of scenes that grow tender for one another. I would need a year to learn the names of these trees, plants, blooms, and birds. A year to learn my name here. Here poetry is perfected. So write as you desire, stranger. The alphabet desires you here. I contemplated my body and it confused me. Under the buttons of this light shirt, there's a present, like a knee that's hit the marble. There's a fearsome past, like a wolf that thinks of a child and insists I call it a future. There are my people's houses that have swapped people, and losses have ar are arranged like dictionaries on the shelves. I shut my body, but my eyes stay open like my mother's window, which never watched her grandchildren play in the garden though she did witness Yahweh's army play with our days, and she lived the reversal of attributes, the victim's corruptions from head to toe, and the collapse of yearnings and roofs. Under the buttons of this light shirt, I continue the work of the living. I keep Radwa warm. Mahid stays late at my house, and Um Manouf picks flowers from her garden as she waits for Manouf. 
Here we are walking together in the mountains morning. We talk and listen, tire, slow down, rest, rush, rage, and forgive. We forget, get lost a little, ask for directions, recite one of Al-Mutanabi's lines, and laugh at a joke that merges with our tears. Can I change death's mind and convince it of its failure? Can death believe I'm walking with my departed's feet, because my steps are their steps and my eyes are their eyes and this poem is their listening? Do I convince death that they're happening to me now like salvation or an embrace? They're happening to me now so that together we may bear the burden of this unbearable beauty. A small eternity surprises us in this instant indeed. Tamim is about to take a photo and I say, hold on a second. I will fix Radwa's collar, draw Munif and my mother closer to me and move the tallest, my father and Mahid to the center. Can death be persuaded that we're that we've been resurrected whole, slipped from its hands and flown with the birds. Above the lake, we became lake, became mountains and shadows and sidewalk cafes. Here I am banishing longing from my language. Longing, the confession that breaks place in two, the body in two, the self in two, the riverbank is the river, without it we don't call it a river. The mountains become mountains only with their valleys, and the flowers, don't they need stems to bloom? Doesn't a hilt need a sword to live? Who can separate the bird from the possibilities of wings and waves from the sea? Who now can separate the ship from water? Who says spring is the absence of summer? Who separates clouds from shades of white? There's no halo in the sky without a moon at its heart. Did I just say this, or did my departed improvise it? I'm not sure, but I don't miss them. They're here under the buttons of my light shirt. Those were poems from the series Poems from Palestine, published by The Baffler Online. Um, that was the poem A Small Eternity by Maureen Barguhati. Um... I think that one was my favorite out of the ones we read. Um, I was going to talk some about these poems, but I feel like this series speaks for itself, and I feel like there's nothing I could say to add to it. Thank you for listening. This was Saturation Italicized with your hosts, Lauren and Lee. Tune in next week at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays for more art and design discussion. And follow our Instagram at saturation.italicized. War Eagle!